Hello and welcome to Light for Living. My name is Pat Kilby. I'm the pastor at Cary First Baptist Church in Cary, North Carolina. Light for Living is a podcast designed to share biblical truth from a fresh perspective with an emphasis on relevant and practical application for our life. So currently we're teaching through the book of Revelation. I know last week we took it off uh, because of Easter. I hope that uh, Easter was a great experience for you this year. It's just a great reminder that God loved us so much that he would send his only son and then his son would die for us, but it's not enough for him to die for us. We know that his death paid the price for our sin because he lives again, the righteous for the unrighteous. So it was great to celebrate uh, Easter last weekend. And, you know, when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, we're also reminded that because he lives, every word, every word in the scripture is true. So what we're talking about in the book of Revelation, these things are soon going to come to pass. So it's very important that uh, we look at this. So currently we're teaching through the book of Revelation. Today we're continuing the study of Revelation chapter 6 and moving on to chapter 7. So we're going to kind of review Revelation 6, finish chapter 6, and then we'll also uh, hopefully uh, finish uh, Revelation chapter 7 as well. So as I've told you before, the best way to understand Revelation 6 is to see it as a summary of the events that will take place during the tribulation. So when the Lamb who is Jesus, he, he approaches the throne, and the one who sits on the throne, which is God, the scroll is in his right hand, the mighty or the strong, righteous right hand of God. The scroll is the title deed to the universe, and John is crying because there's no one who is able to take the scroll and then Someone said, why are you crying? And John looks, and there is the Lamb of God, who is Jesus, and he takes the scroll. He takes the scroll, which is the title deed to the universe, and as he breaks the seals one by one, he's redeeming the earth back to himself. So as he begins to break the scrolls, um, what's happening is he, he's redeeming the earth back to himself. But this period of time is a seven-year period. We know it as the tribulation. It's mentioned several times in the Old Testament and here we have a, a complete breakdown. Once again, the church has been raptured away, and the tribulation begins. Now, the tribulation begins with uh, what we call the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They are the rider on the white horse. He represents conquering peace. The rider on the fiery red horse represents war. The rider on the black horse represents famine and starvation. The rider on the pale green horse represents death, and Hades follows after him. And so death will be rampant and widespread because of war, starvation, plague, pestilence, and, and animals of the earth, disease, and things like that. So the first four seals represent the first half of the tribulation. The second half of the tribulation, also known as the Great Tribulation, begins with the breaking of the fifth seal. So the fifth seal reveals persecution of the saints, and this is where we left off last week. The fifth seal reveals persecution of the saints and the vengeance of God. During the tribulation, many people will be deceived, but many people will be saved. The fifth seal represents the persecution of the saints. After the abomination of desolation, when the Antichrist uh, goes into the temple in Jerusalem and desecrates the temple and declares himself to be God, he will demand that all people everywhere worship him. Those who do not worship him will be slaughtered because of their faith in Jesus Christ. So many of those who are saved during the tribulation will be martyred because of their faith in Jesus. They will not bow down. So Revelation 6, 9 says, When he opened the fifth seal, 
I saw under the altar the soul, the souls of those uh, uh, who 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 were martyred or slaughtered during uh, during this this time of, of tribulation. So the fifth seal represents the persecution of the saints, but the fifth seal also represents the vengeance of God. In Revelation sixteen or six ten, excuse me, Revelation six ten, they cried out with a loud voice. Lord, the one who is holy and true, how long until you judge those who live on the earth and avenge our blood? So there are those who are being slaughtered, martyred because of their, their faith. God will avenge those who were slaughtered because of, of their faith. The saints have been martyred for their faith. They cried out, how long will you wait until you judge those who live on the earth and avenge our blood? So I said this last time we were together and it's, it's good to remember, the only thing that compares to the love of God is his wrath. Now, in, in, in the world we live in today, we understand God is a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God who loves, a God who forgives, a God who redeems and restores. We're living in the kingdom of grace. There's coming a time when God's grace is going to be over. There's coming a time when the love of God, the grace of God, and the mercy of God will give way to his judgment and wrath. In the end, God will avenge the righteous who were slaughtered. He will avenge the righteous who were slaughtered by his wrath and punishment of the wicked. So we get to the last part of Revelation chapter 6. It represents the wrath and fear of God upon the earth. The last time we saw this in verses 12 through 17, which I'm going to read. Then I saw him open the sixth seal. A violent earthquake occurred. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of hair. The entire moon became like blood. The stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its unripe figs when shaken by a high wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved from its place. Then the kings of the earth and nobles, the generals, the rich, the powerful, and every slave and free person hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, because the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? So when you get to the sixth seal, we we have the wrath of God that is avenging those who have been slaughtered. The wrath of God. Uh, when the sixth seal is open, there's six things that that happen. Uh, there's a, and you can see it here in the text, there's a violent earthquake, the sun turned black like sackcloth, the entire moon became like blood, the stars of heaven fell to the earth, the sky was split apart like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved from its place. So um, there's going to be this significant time, that's why it's called the Great Tribulation, where God is going to pour his wrath out on the earth. Revelation 6, 12 through 14 literally describes the unyielding wrath of God on the earth. While Christians are being slaughtered, the world will continue to go on. The world, the people of the world, um, they will they will be going on just like they did in the days of Noah before the flood. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, and then the rains came and the flood came. The world uh, during this time will be the same. While Christians are being slaughtered, the world will be an exceeding sinful place. There's no presence of the Holy Spirit. Satan is not restrained. The world at this time will be 
vile, evil, wicked, and filled with sin. And those who those who are in the tribulation, those who accept the mark of the beast, they will be able to buy and sell and live and do. But here's the danger, and I shared this last time, but I want to I want to reemphasize this. The danger of receiving the mark of the beast is this, Revelation 14, 9 through 11. And another, a third angel followed them and spoke with a loud voice. If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he will also drink the wine of God's wrath, which is poured full strength into the cup of his anger. He will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the sight of the holy angels and in the sight of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment will go up forever and ever. There is no rest, day or night, for those who worship the beast and its image or anyone who receives the mark of its name. So as the world continues on as if nothing is happening, the unyielding wrath of God that destroys the earth will begin. Now remember... When the the first four seals are broken, this is the first half of the tribulation, one-fourth of the entire uh, earth's population will have been destroyed. They'll be destroyed through uh, war, famine, pestilence, disease, beasts of the earth. So when the sixth seal is opened, once again, the wrath of God becomes extremely severe. The wrath of God will come upon everyone who has taken the mark of the beast. This wrath will avenge those who've been slaughtered because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, uh, I want to to focus in on uh, verses uh, 15 through 17. Notice this. The kings of the earth, the nobles, the generals, the rich, the powerful, and every slave and free person hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. Because the great day of their wrath, their wrath being the the one seated on the throne and Jesus, uh, who is the lamb of God, their wrath has come and who is able to stand? The wrath of God will avenge the blood of those who have been slaughtered in the name of Jesus. The wrath of God will be so severe and unrelenting, people will actually die from the horror of the wrath of God, and all others will be screaming for the mountains and rocks to fall on them. This phrase, and who will be able to stand? Many, many will die out of sheer horror of of what's going on. I mean, when God shakes the universe— and the sun turns black, and the moon becomes like blood, and the stars of heaven fall to the earth, and the sky is rolled up like a scroll, and every mountain and island is moved from its place. Wow, that's that's going to be a horrific time. So the wrath of God will come against every person who does not believe. And in verses 15 through 17, we understand the wrath of God will come against the proud, the kings of the earth. The wrath of God will come against the the prosperous, the nobles, the generals, the rich. The wrath of God will come against the popular, the accepted people, the ones who, who are accepted in the culture, and the wrath of God will come upon every poor person, every person that does, that 
does not accept Christ, every person that bears the mark of the image of the beast, they will experience the full cup of God's wrath. So the sixth seal is literally about the the wrath of God to come. So now we move to uh, chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. Now, once again, you need to know this about apocalyptic literature. It doesn't necessarily go in order all the time. So when you start reading uh, Revelation chapter 7, it literally takes us back to the beginning of of the tribulation. So I want to read for you uh, Revelation chapter 7. After this, so after he saw what's going to happen in Revelation 6, after he sees what's going on in the first six seals, he sees something else. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, restraining the four winds of the earth so that no wind could blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel rising up from the east who had the seal of the living God. He cried out in a loud voice to the four angels who were allowed to harm the earth and the sea. Don't harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we seal the servants of God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the Israelites. And then he goes on to say, 12,000 sealed from the tribe of Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. You might note that from the Old Testament, Dan is left out. There are many uh, speculations as to why, but most believe he's left out because uh, their tribe specifically led God's people away from serving him to serving idols. So you go to verse 9. After this I looked, and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and along with the elders and the four living creatures, they fell face down before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and strength be to our God forever and ever. Then one of the elders asked me, Who are these people in white robes, and where did they come from? I said to him, Sir, you know. Then he told me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God. And they serve him day and night in his temple. The one seated on the throne will shelter them. They will no longer hunger. They will no longer thirst. The sun will no longer strike them, nor will any scorching heat. For the lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them. He will guide them to springs of waters of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So Revelation chapter 7 literally takes us back to the beginning of the tribulation. So let's go back to Revelation chapter 7. Look at the first few verses. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, restraining the four winds of the earth so that no wind could blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel rising up from the east who had the seal of the living God. 
He cried out in a loud voice to the four angels who were allowed to harm the earth and the sea. Don't harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we seal the servants of God on their foreheads. So at the beginning of the revelation, I I told you that there will be a time of peace. So the first rider comes out. He comes out white riding a white horse. So the symbol of the white horse is the idea that one is going to conquer through peace. So more than likely, the Antichrist is going to rise up and he's going to offer a, a solution for worldwide peace and people are going to clamor to him because uh, probably it's it's something to do with with the economy, with uh, the world order in regard to, to banking and finance. Anyway, the world is going to clamor to the Antichrist. There's going to be a brief period of peace. During this brief period of peace at the beginning of the tribulation, there are going to be 12,000 men from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and they're going to have a seal. They're going to be sealed or set apart. They'll have a, a mark on their forehead, and they will be sealed to share the good news about Jesus all over the world. So during this time, this brief time of peace, God will seal 144,000 Jews, 12,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel. Once again, they will be sealed with a mark on their forehead. Their purpose is to share the good news of Jesus Christ wherever they go. Because of their ministry, people will be saved. Now, I want you to understand this, and this is very, very, very important. I've shared this a few uh, weeks ago, but I'm going to share it again. Now, there's a lot of people who say, well, if I don't accept Christ now, I can, I can certainly accept him then. Well, if we don't accept Christ now in the day, in the age of grace and God's mercy, how do we think we'll ever have the fortitude or wherewithal to commit our lives to him? Well, it's really an impossibility because the Scripture says in 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, verses 9 through 12, This is very important that you know this, and it's very important that we share the gospel as God gives us opportunity because people need to hear and receive now. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders. So when the Antichrist comes, uh, there will be false prophets, and they'll have power to do counterfeit miracles, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. Now, who are those who are perishing? They perish because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. So people in the day of grace, in the day of God's mercy, those who are alive today, They have the opportunity to receive Christ, but they reject him. In the day of tribulation, they will. They will believe the lie. God will send them a strong delusion because they loved unrighteousness rather than righteousness. So let me tell you, if God is calling you, if God is calling you to him, why wait? Why wait? The day of salvation is now. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, and even if we live until the the tribulation comes, when it comes, 
we will be sent a strong delusion. It's going to be impossible for those who have rejected Christ in the day of grace to come to saving faith because they will perish because they were sent a strong delusion and they'll believe the lie. That's very, very, very important. So let's go to Revelation chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. In these verses, we have a, a description of the 144,000 men who, who are sealed. Revelation 14, verses 1 through 5, says this. Then I looked, and there was the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. I heard a sound from heaven like the sound of cascading waters and like the rumbling of loud thunder. The sound I heard was like harpists playing on their harps. They sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders, but no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who have not defiled themselves with women since they remained virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They were redeemed from humanity as the first fruits for God and the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. So we, we understand that these 144,000, they are, are sealed and separated by God. We understand that they follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Um, they are virgins. Um, they were redeemed from humanity as the first fruits for God, so God selected them, and no lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless, and they go forth sharing the good news that Jesus saves. And because of their testimony uh, of Jesus Christ, a number that no one could number will be saved. There's a lot of people who have yet to hear the good news that Jesus saves. These 144,000 will be will be sealed, and they will share the good news of Jesus. So that's kind of what Revelation chapter 7 does. It takes us back to the beginning, at the beginning of the Revelation, before the time of trouble starts in. There's going to be a brief time of peace. During this brief time of peace, uh, there will be 144,000 uh, Jews, 12,000 from each tribe. They'll be set apart. They'll have a mark on their head. They'll be easily identified, and they will be uh, called to share the good news of Jesus uh, during the tribulation. So uh, that's where we are. We're going to start next week with Revelation chapter 8. We're going to look at the seventh seal, and then we'll move on from there. I hope that uh, you would encourage uh, people in your in your world to, to listen. These are these are tremendous truths that we need to know. So I would encourage you to invite your family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, whatever, to uh, to start listening to this podcast. And and if they need to, all of these are are on our uh, podcast site, so you can uh, you know you can listen to them anytime. But uh, these are important words, words that we need to hear. I'll just go ahead and tell you this: there's nothing that I can tell. There's nothing keeping uh, keeping Jesus Christ from from rapturing his church away. There's not one thing. The only thing that would keep him from coming right now is the fact that he is he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So uh, just know we're living in the day of grace. Let's do everything we can to share the good news. Let's do everything we can to live in such a way that people see Christ in us. So I want to encourage you to continue listening. 
Um, I can't wait till uh, we continue to look through the book of Revelation. I hope you have a great week, and thanks for joining us today on Light for Living.